Welcome back to the Stephen Sully study. I'm at my second home, Woodbury House, one of the co-founders of, of, of the brand. And um, I feel, I felt that it's quite important for me to do another a bit of content on not just Richard Hamilton and the art market and what we're doing as a brand, but also the climate and also, um, you know, how the economy is changing because of the coronavirus and the media. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of opinions. There's a lot of so-called facts out there. And I'm not coming on to the podcast or making some content and trying to hold myself out as some kind of financial advisor or some kind of economist or some kind of expert i'm just going to give you my take on things and i have the mindset of no matter what happens with economies no matter what happens with markets no matter what happens with business or life itself there's always opportunity to learn grow and more most importantly become a success and I'm seeing more and more people uh, shift out of the conventional areas of investment and they are going into more collectible areas. And some of the quotes, soundbites and media references I'm about to share with you is going to support what I'm, what I'm saying. So let's just start with uh, the, the coronavirus. This podcast isn't to talk about, you know, the, the health implications and things. I'm not qualified to do that. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a, a doctor. But I want to talk about kind of how it's having a, an impact on the economy. And they're talking about a, an official recession and how it's affecting banks, how it's affecting the mindsets of the central banks around the world and also uh, large companies, CEOs, etc. So where shall I start? Well, I, I picked up an article uh, very recently from the Daily Mail. It really kind of hit home the narrative that many of these publications are trying to portray. And whether it's factual or not, whether it's a bit of propaganda or not, the, the, the facts are they're promoting it quite aggressively. And they're saying that in the months between April, which we've just started April, today is the 1st of April. I know this podcast is going to come out roughly a week later, but right now, as I'm speaking, this is the 1st of April, and they're saying between this month and June, over the next three months, we are going to see the UK contract and shrink by 15%. Now, according to some experts out there, I've heard their definition of a recession, it's uh, two quarters back-to-back finishing negatively, so going into retreat, contracting, shrinking, whatever you want to call it, and that classes us as official recession. I've got a quote here from a publication called Full, which is F-O-O-L, and this is what it says. What is a recession? A recession is a period of economic decline normally accompanied by an increase of unemployment, a decline in the housing market and a drop in the stock market. I'm a firm believer that money isn't lost, it's transferred from one place to the other. And the old kind of saying or metaphor or analogy is, if someone walks down the street and they suddenly develop a hole in their pocket and they drop a £20 note, they have lost that money but the person behind them is going to pick it up and it's just simply transferred from one, one person to another. Now, if you imagine markets are like that, they're like people, if it's being lost from one market, it's got to be going somewhere else. 
if you remember back in 2007, 8 and 9, when we had what was called the subprime mortgage uh, lending recession or what the media were calling a depression, they were saying that gold at that point was a flight to safety. It was a safe haven. It was a place to park your money. And I was hearing people say, it's not about in these adverse times about the amount of money you're going to make. It's about the money you're going to save. Every pound saved like a pound made. Gold was definitely a place where a lot of people were plowing their money into. And I think it got up to about 1000 800 maybe two thousand dollars per troy ounce um, i would need to go back and, and research that but it was fairly high and what they were actually saying around about that sort of time is if everyone tried to claim on the their gold billion bars back then there wouldn't be enough gold to supply everybody around the world so there's a lot of when there's a lot of panic people fly into certain products and I, i'm here to tell you that right now if we are facing a recession this is no different. Every recession is caused by something and they say a recession happens every 10 to 15 years. I'm a firm believer of that. And I'm not here to talk about conspiracies or what the government wants or what the government doesn't want and everything else. But if we know these things are patterns and history repeats itself, then we as individuals, we should prepare ourselves. They say the definition of stupidity is not making mistakes because mistakes are inevitable but if we don't learn from our mistakes then that is stupidity and this next recession if you wasn't prepared last time and you got through it and you got battered and bruised and you got financially hurt whether that was losing jobs or losing assets or whatever else this is a great opportunity for you not only to save your money but actually make some kind of profit in this turbulent time so i want to reference a couple more of these publications and just kind of my take on certain things and i want you to go out there and research it for yourself get expert opinion listen to people who've made a lot of money but people that have gone through recession after recession and see what they've learned and you know anyone that's gone bankrupt and bounced back what what can you learn from them listen to interviews pick up books listen to massive tycoons in the property business social media sector and you'll find common ground with a lot of these entrepreneurs a lot of it is to do with mindset it's also to do with education and then the last thing is is about application the next one, so even the Bank of England, they've adjusted. The Bank of England have dropped interest rates down again. We have experienced historic lows of interest rates for many years now. It's been below 1% for some time and this has been battering savers because inflation is usually peaking above that. It means that the erodence of money, the inflation rate is burning the money away you know the, the the value of of the pounds and just leaving it in the bank even though people's minds is if it's in the bank then it's safe it depends how you look at it if if you're calling your money just because it's sitting there safe i believe that if the money's just sitting there and it's not beating the rate of inflation you're actually losing money and admittedly your money might not be going down on your statements but the value of it won't be able to buy the same amount of goods today than it could do in the next five or ten years if that makes sense to you the bank of england also said that they're going to start quantitative easing which is printing more money over 200 billion pounds 
is going to be printed uh, again this devalues the the, the currency it, it weakens the currency uh, and again this is another reason why you should think about protecting money and more importantly putting into assets which are going to yield you a steady healthy return so you might be thinking why am i saying this all to you and i'm going to paraphrase some of this stuff i'm going to read you some quotes i'm going to read you some stuff i've written down this podcast isn't meant to be perfect i'm a real guy i'm really experiencing this situation like everybody else and i want to just come across to you that i'm doing everything i can to research markets learn it for myself and if i can share any of this information that's going to help you and your family then that's my goal i'm going to read you this there is a global panic as stock markets in europe and the us are braced for the biggest fall since 2008 financial crisis after the trading week began with panic selling aimed the double threat of a coronavirus driven global recession and this was a paragraph taken from the guardian it is completely understandable that there are some levels of uncertainty during this difficult time however one thing that has been proven is the art market or the art world is not affected by the instability of the stock market so basically with that sentence there they're non-correlated you may hear a lot of people say universal quantifiers such as everything is crashing everything is losing everybody's losing their money everybody's losing their jobs and it's far from that in actual fact and this is a bit of a common fact or bit of knowledge but the news has a habit newspapers radio stations TV and even some of the social media channels which are attached to these massive organizations have a habit of reporting not good news but bad news. Why do you think they report the amount of deaths or the amount of people catching the so-called coronavirus opposed to the amount of people recovering? And it's the same thing with stock markets. They won't tell you about certain stocks that are appreciating, they're going to tell you about the ones which are losing. And Again, I'm not here to get into propaganda, but some people will deem this as a bit of scaremongering, okay? But if you can look past the noise and research for yourself, you will find that some markets, including the art market, is non-correlated and a lot of it is very, very stable, which I'll get onto in a minute. So here are some facts. Why then would art be faring better than the stocks right now, as in the stock market? One possibility might be that those who have been pulling out the stock market are looking for new investment opportunities. And this was a quote from Forbes. Now, generally speaking, Forbes are pretty legit and they are pretty renowned in the financial markets or giving very healthy and good information. In actual fact, this company, Woodbury House, has been featured in Forbes. We've done a fantastic show over in Mexico City a few years ago with the likes of Richard Hamilton, Andy Warhol, Barry McGee, we had Sage Vaughan, Retners, we had a bunch of different contemporary street art and it was absolutely fantastic and Forbes chose to do a write-up of us, which was great. And I generally feel when they make publications and write-ups and articles, they're pretty fairly accurate and pretty spot on. Stock market corrections, volatility and other financial fluctuations are non-existent in the art world. This is seen as one of the biggest advantages to investing in, uh, into art. 
And that quote was from Money Crasher. That having said, I do not conclude that the art market has not taken the same beating as the stock market from Forbes. Here are some key facts, and the, these are attached to different publications who are quoting this. This isn't me quoting it, this isn't Woodby House quoting it. This is simply us regurgitating some of the opinions, facts, or comments made by what the public are saying are, are the experts. You should avoid parting with any of your artworks at the onset of a recession particularly if they are in the possession or if you're in the possession of blue chip artworks by artists in their collection. This is from Artsy. And what they're saying here is if you own the likes of Jean-Michel Basquiat, Keith Haring, Andy Warhol, Picasso, uh, Van Gogh, um, uh, or maybe the likes of Richard Hamilton or any of the kind of elites out there, you know, you've got other artists which are very very well known such as Jeff Koons, Damien Hirst, Banksy of course, Ramel Z, I mean you know the list is kind of fairly endless. These are typically the ones that they would deem as blue chip artists uh, and therefore maybe um, selling them off in a recession is not really a good idea. During a recession always collect, buy works if possible where you can. So often some of your greatest profits will come from the sale of the inventory works that you collect today. I've heard this kind of thing before, which again, this is a quote from Artsy, very respected art platform. And I've heard this kind of thing in the property sector. They say more self-made successful business entrepreneurs, millionaires, maybe even billionaires are produced from a recession. You have to understand, if one door closes, another one is about to open, and it's your duty for you and your family to discover where that next door is gonna be. One person's loss is another person's gain, and whether you feel that is kind of raw and blunt, it simply is the truth. And rather than kind of complain or get slightly, let's say, confused or angry about the matter, get power. And the way you're gonna get power is just by getting yourself educated and just taking some kind of action. And I'm a firm believer of taking, of the people that take no action, they're the people that end up getting their fingers burnt eventually. Now, of course, I'm not saying go into any financial market or investment vehicle without doing your research and getting opinions and you know taking your time, not saying that. But what I am saying, moving into a market that has got clear track record, clear credibility, dealing with a company that is validated in that sector, I feel these are the things that you need to find out first. And then once you feel comfortable with that, then it might be an idea to start moving into these areas. Okay, so the art market has produced plus of 1,400% turnover growth since the year 2000. And this was a quote said by Art Price. Choose to invest into art, in particularly the contemporary art market, because this has grown by 1,800% in 19 years. The price index increased by 22%. And this is again, another quote by Art Price. Worldwide auction sales in 2018 were 19.4 billion dollars 
compared to $3.2 billion in 1989. That's an increase of more than 500%. Today, the art market, the art market size, including gallery and online sales, is estimated to be at least $60 billion. And that's a quote from a Rob, but with a double B, so R-O-B-B report, that is the publication. Purchasing art is a type of alternative investment strategy. For the savvy art buyer, it can be a massively profitable venture, as demonstrated by art price in its list of best performing art stocks and sales in 2017. This is another quote by Forbes in their recent publication. Investing into art is becoming more popular. People continue to look for ways to minimize downside risk. And this is another quote by Investment U, which is another publication. So even though I'm just reading these out, I, I purposely got our team here to look at different publications, different places to find out their opinions and to find case studies and data to support the fact that more and more people are going into the art market, more and more people are pigeonholing to the contemporary, maybe street art sector, and there are clear signs that auctions are going up and up and up every single year, despite recessions. This might support, again, part of the money is leaving the stock market, leaving banking, leaving ISAs, leaving bonds, and is transferring over to things such as art. Maybe not just art, it might be other stuff like classic cars, it could be fine wine, it could be all kinds of different things. But there is certainly a significant figure going into this market, and, and that should warrant you to look into it a little bit further. There's many different more sound bites I can share with you, uh, which I'm gonna publicize on the visual version on, on YouTube and also on the Woodbury House portal and on our social media etc but let me just turn to the kind of this next this next point art art is such a wide market so what market inside the art sector should people be looking at the answer to that is every single sector in the art market offers different characteristics and different trends the one that we are more au fait with and familiar with and the one that we've immersed ourselves into for the last six years and beyond is the contemporary street art movement. So let me talk to you about contemporary art. The last 17 years have shown that a well-diverse portfolio of contemporary artworks generate on average an annual yield of 7.6% and upwards, sustainably higher than the art market as a whole. And this is another quote by Art Price. The contemporary art market is growing by 1,800% in 19 years. And as I quoted before, this is uh, increased by 22%. A major trend of the 90s was the ascendance of contemporary art, which became the art market's biggest growth area. This is according to Britannica. So uh, the contemporary art market is a huge market, but the area we focus on is the street art sector within the contemporary art kind of urban art genre so the question is what is street art and where did it originate from now most people know 
the infamous artist or the elusive artist called Banksy. Back end of last year, there was a piece that went for almost 10 million pounds. And this demonstrates that even artists which are alive and kicking, their market can grow astronomically and there can be some monstrous results in auctions. And had an investor collector a fanatic of street art or Banksy purchased that piece many years ago, they would be making a huge fortune back. But by no stretch of imagination did he start the or pioneer the sector of contemporary street art. This predominantly happened at the back end of the 70s and certainly in the 80s. And there was a few key artists that began to stir up and, and to, to blaze their own trail within the street art sector. There were the likes of Jean-Michel Basquiat, Keith Haring, of course Richard Hamilton, there's Ramel Z, there's Futura, there's Days, there's Crash, there is um, Al Diaz, there's, there's many different artists that mostly predominantly came from, um, from, from America and also from New York. There's of course other ones, but these are the ones that kind of paved the way for many other other artists. For example, Cause, who is known as a street artist, he's not limited to just street art. He actually converts his art onto toys, onto clothing, and also onto, on, onto canvas as well. And we have seen the, the bridge between street art, canvas, which people collect, but then onto merchandise and collectibles. So it's a vast and it's quite a growing market. It kind of dovetails into, in, into other things. Many rappers, many singers, many songwriters, they, they reference many of the street artists because it, they gave them a lot of inspiration and definitely motivation to go out there and to inspire their creative works. I wanna quote you something from Mark Price again. In 2017, the contemporary art market generated a stunning record with its first ever result over $100 million for one piece of artwork. Jean-Michel Basquiat's artwork sold for $110.5 million, breaking the previous record in 2013 by WDM Mount. For one piece of artwork, if you can imagine right now today, there are collectors, investors out there that are willing to pay over $100 million for one piece of art. And this same piece of art back in 1984 was auctioned off for roughly $19,000. Now, if I were to tell you if we had the power to turn back the hands of time in hindsight and say, let's go back to that point let's buy a piece of auction which is going to be going under the hammer at $19,000 and you're going to sell it in 2017 for a record staggering amount of money of 110.5 million what would you honestly say now I know my response I would think you're kind of crazy kind of mad but that's exactly what happened and uh, again just like these recessions just like markets going up and going down, history will repeat itself. And predecessors have shown over 10, 15, 20 years, this cycle happens. And this is why there's clear evidence and logic does suggest that Richard Hamilton 
is definitely going to be following suit. This brings me on to my next point, case studies. I want to move forward as to why you should be investing, particularly if you have the money and if you have the confidence in the market in Richard Hamilton specifically. On this visual version, not on the podcast, I'm gonna show you some graphs, I'm gonna show you some flow charts almost, and I wanna demonstrate to you that within the first three to five years of the artist passing away from Richard Hamilton, from Jean-Michel Basquiat, from Keith Haring, you can see the art prices jump. This is because they say the best career move an artist can make is when they pop their clogs and they sadly pass away. Happened to Picasso, it happened to Andy Warhol, it happened to many of the artists out there. There are artists today such as, you know, Damien Hirst, Jeff Koons, Banksy and many others that their market is producing some fantastic results and these artists are still live and kicking today. But the facts are urgency kicks in to certain collectors investors when they know the artist is no longer physically able to paint or to produce their artwork because they're no longer around because they've died. So let's look at the case studies. Richard Hamilton, his death was sadly in 2017, the 29th of the 10th, 2017. Jean-Michel Basquiat died in 1988 on the 12th of the 8th. Keith Haring, he sadly passed away on the 16th of the 2nd, 1990. Three years after Richard Hamilton's death, we bring us to today, 2020. Five years after Basquiat's death in 1993, so basically five years after, brought us to 1993, and five years after Keith Haring's death, it brought us to 1995. So I'm gonna just read you some quotes here. Let's look at the artist's uh, passing in more detail and how much artworks sold for, f for five years after their death. As you well may know, as Basquiat, Haring and Hamilton were some of the key artists in the 80s, However, as much as a fixture of New York's 80s underground art scene as Jean-Michel Basquiat and Keith Haring, Hamilton was much less concerned or interested in the celebrity limelight and wasn't really interested in cooperating with the art world. This is why he has been um, also dubbed as not just the Godfather street art, but people call him a true artist artist because he wasn't really in it for the money or the fame or the glory, he was in it for the art. Whereas some may say, and some credible people in the art market have said that, well, you know, Jean-Michel Basquiat, fantastic artist, Keith Haring, incredible artist, but they conformed a lot more and they kind of may have sold themselves out. Not my words, it's just the words that um, had been voiced a few times. They traded amongst them, uh, themselves. Basquiat and Hamilton used to collect each other's work and trade. But Richard Hamilton, as I mentioned, never sold himself out like many say Haring and also Basquiat did. And this is a quote from ID Vice. Private sellers report even bigger numbers with one collector noting that they've sold Hamilton's work between 500,000 and a million dollars. Indeed, the gap between Hamilton's auction results and private market figures remain sustainable, although the two figures are getting closer. I think I'm pronouncing this lady's name right, but it's Durham 
believes that the gap will close very soon. And her quote is this, I think three to five years maximum, she believes the gap will close because what's happening is the collections of people that have been a part of Richard's world, be it collectors or dealers or somewhat someone who has just bought a piece from him, they're all seeing the renewed interest in his work. This is another quote by, by Artnet. In 2019, the sale of opening, inverted commas, 1983, which beat its low estimate of 7,000 euro, but over 20 times at the Bellati in Milan, I think I pronounced that right, I'm not too sure, closed at 150,000 euro. This is not an isolated event either. This is a quote from UK Investor. So even though my reading isn't perfect and I'm not the strongest reader and writer out there, I'm just trying to demonstrate that there are a lot of quotes and uh, suggestions from credible individuals and credible sources and organizations and institutes to suggest that Basquiat's market, Keith Haring's market, they boomed after five years, but Hamilton, they're saying within in this five-year period that it's actually growing stronger the momentum is growing and it's becoming stronger and stronger and stronger i want to get to this next part as you can see from the next three graphs jean-michel basquette's paintings are selling for an average of fifty-eight thousand dollars five years after his passing after five years of the passing of the artist keith herring his paintings were selling roughly at $9,000. Now I can tell you this, some of his artworks are going for tens of millions of dollars. Again, 1995, if you bought a piece at $9,000, they're saying here, and you were to sell it for 10 million upwards, you would be a very, very happy individual. Lastly, a year after Hamilton's passing, the price increase skyrocketed as the average of artwork sold was approximately $101,000 in 2018. Now, admittedly, this uh, number has only increased as one Hamilton landscape from 1985, I believe, which is a, uh, a blue, beautiful wave painting, sold for over $550,000 in the auction house Phillips. That, that happened in 2019, only just last year. Here is some graphs to show you what happened with Hamilton's work, what's happened to Jean-Michel Basquiat's work, what's happened to uh, Keith Haring's work. And these are kind of the, the, the data that you would need to feel uh, confident, to look at things not emotionally, but logically. Uh, and of course, when you see these numbers, it's obviously gonna get you excited, but you should always back up any kind of emotional purchase certainly when it comes down to investing in partner with a lot of money with pure facts and figures. I personally think that's, that's important. So what I've got in front of me is various different artworks. Some of them, many of them are actually limited editions. So these are not even original artworks. These are limited editions signed off either by the copyright or the archive or the estate of the artists. And I'll read you this one. The title of it is Back of the Neck. The original was produced in 1983 by Jean-Michel Basquiat. It's titled and dated. The medium, so basically what it's made out of, is silk screen with hand coloring paper. It has the size on it. 
This work is numbered 12 from an addition run of 24 plus three artist proofs. This happened in Christie's auction house in 2017. The estimate of this auction was going to be between £220,000 and £280,000. The price realised, so what it actually went for, what it got sold for, was way above that. £452,000. £452,000. Approaching half a million pounds for a limited edition from Jean-Michel Basquiat. This demonstrates that not only originals, but also limited editions from very sought after and blue chip artists are definitely investment. They have to be because this demonstrates that. This is not a one-off either. There are many other artists and also pieces that have gone under the hammer and they've far exceeded the estimates. Here is another one, Jean-Michel Basquiat. It's called Saxophone. This was sold in 1993 at Christie's. The Estimate was between 40 and 50,000 pounds. This realized a result of 58,700, nearly 60,000 pounds. This is an original artwork. If we now look at some of the auctions from Keith Haring, there is a uh, piece, acrylic on canvas, titled, untitled, and it was made in 1984. It is titled and dated. It's got the size. And this in Christie's this year, 2020, the estimate was between 200 and $300,000. This sold for $435,000. And finishing off with Keith Faring, there are multiple different other uh, auctions over the last few years where I mentioned before, some of his works have exceeded tens of millions of dollars. But if we look at what most people are saying is one of the most sought after, undervalued artists in recent years, which is Richard Hamilton, the godfather of street art, and that was dubbed by the New York Times. There's a piece here that stands out. It's a bit of a, a collaboration between two artists. It's Richard Hamilton and also another artist who's called LA2. He's actually featured in the Richard Hamilton documentary called The Shadow Man, which is a fantastic watch. I believe it's on Amazon Prime. Or if you wanna contact us at Woodbury House, we can send you over the trailer and also a copy of the movie. Or if you wanna come down to the studio, we'll, we'll be happy to play it for you. LA2 and Richard Hamilton designed a Shadowhead together. This had an estimate of only $800 to $1,500 back in uh, 2012. And this actually fetched $1,500. The reason why I, I, I tell you this, because that is a very, very low result, is because these same heads today, if you were to look on the market, are fetching between 40, 50,000 pounds. I'll read you one which is more recent. In 2019, from Doyle, another auction house, a shadow head by Richard Hamilton, year 2016, it's an acrylic on canvas. This sold for $50,000 and the estimate was around about 40,000. Again, 
Richard Hamilton has been in the last few years completely smashing and obliterating uh, auctions. Let me read you some very recent ones and some of the big hitting auction results. So these are the best auction results of 2019 by Richard Hamilton. A 1982 acrylic on canvas piece, which was estimated to go for 80,000, sold for 200,000 at Christie's in 2019. Battle scene, 1982, acrylic on canvas, this had an estimate of 120,000. It sold for 268,000. This was in Southern Biz in 2019. We had another piece that I was personally present at. It was in London. It was at Southern Biz. Uh, one of my clients was actually bidding on it. We sadly missed out on it. It was a 1982 Stanley Shadow Man. This had an estimate of 120,000 pound. This actually fetched a staggering 312,000 pounds under the hammer. And I mean, I can talk to you about many other uh, of these larger auctions, but the one that is kind of breathtaking and really exciting to see is the 1985 acrylic on canvas wave piece that uh, sold for over 500,000 at Philips. That was in 2019. I'm going to just talk to you about a few of these case studies and what pieces went for and what they historically and what they've gone for in, in recent times. This is Hamilton again. I just mentioned a piece last year, which was a 1982 original work by Hamilton. October 2019 in Southern Biz went for 312,000. Now this is not the same piece which I'm about to refer, but it's the same size from Richard Hamilton, same quality, same year most importantly. This in October 2006 had a fairly low estimate of about $2,000 and it sold for $3,000 back then. So if you could imagine this kind of was, even though they look slightly different, but they're, they're kind of the same, they're from, some would say from the same run. If you were to bought a piece back in 2006 for $3,000 and in 2019 you sold it for 312,000, you would be a, a fairly, fairly happy investor. This has a price increase of $309,000 in 13 years. This is evidently a very similar artwork. This is what we've got noted down. This next piece I'm about to share with you, this has a price increase of $216,000 in 12 years. So in 12 years, this particular investor made over 200,000. This is an untitled Richard Hamilton 1983 piece that in 2007 sold for 8,500. In September 2019 sold for $225,000. This next piece, and this is the final piece I'm going to share with you, this has a, has a price increase over 12 years of over $300,000. In 2007, this piece from 1999 sold for $1,900, so nearly $2,000. In 2019 in March, so basically a year ago, it sold for $312,000. reason why I wanted to do this podcast, this YouTube, is to really get the message out there that, number one, a recession is pending, is looming, and is probably inevitable. You owe it to yourself, you owe it to your future, you owe it to your goals, you owe it to your vision for you and your family to learn about recessions and learn that there are opportunities in recessions despite what people and the media are telling you, there are always opportunities to grow and adapt and to become a success. Now, whether that is investing into Richard Hamilton Artworks or art itself or different uh, markets but even in your business surely there's opportunities where you can kind of 
reposition your brand and take full advantage of the change. The second point, recessions come and go and they come in cycles every 10 to 15 years according to certain sources. Markets will peak and they will drop and it's the job of the investor to find where that money is going and find where that trend is transitioning to. And I feel if you can collect data, if you can do a lot of reading, research, and you can get really good expert opinions or suggestions, I feel you can make an informative decision. You can make a calculated decision, which is gonna minimize your risk. Right now, we are seeing a massive trend. Woodbury House's success, most of the success has been built off the wave and the energy and the excitement and enthusiasm from the Richard Hamilton artworks and his, his story and his legacy and the people inside his market and also much wider the street art movement. It's such an exciting area to be in and we feel that the trend, the amount of money being made, the auctions, the, the compound effect of more and more new investors and collectors coming in is only going to grow stronger over the next few weeks, next few months, next few years, despite recession or not, and this coronavirus or not, people are going to continue to collect and still build their portfolios and buy for the sheer love of it or to make money or just to part their money to protect it. I would say, educate yourself. I would say, watch the Shadow Man documentary. I would say, once we can, once we're in this kind of semi-lockdown phase, come down to Woodbury House, meet the team, watch the full movie, read the brochure from the Richard Hamilton copyright or archive, learn a bit more about his market. And I feel once you start to really realize that there are clear case studies to show that this market is growing year in, year out, I feel it will give you the confidence to take the next step and, um, and to at least collect some of his works. Not all his works are at 300, 400, 500,000 pounds or dollars. There are, of course, lower entry point pieces. I'll give you one example, and this is something that I personally experienced. When we first started selling his artworks over six years ago, we were selling some of his shadow heads at four, 5,000 pounds. Now some of these, are, these same works are selling on the secondary market at 40, 50,000 pound upwards and there is no sign of this slowing down. Um, I typically think that if someone is looking to diversify and they like the sound of street art and contemporary art and more importantly, Richard Hamilton, and you're thinking and wanting to invest into this market, roughly 20, 25,000 pound, 30,000 pound would be a good place to start. If you have more money and you are looking to get involved a little bit more seriously and you are a sophisticated investor, you're a high net worth, you're someone that has a growing portfolio in art and you really wanna jump in head first, 100, 200,000 pounds, we commonly get investors looking to put that kind of money into his artwork. And I also think at that, that kind of level, there are plenty of very solid and strong pieces and quality pieces out there that I personally believe you're gonna do very well on. And clearly, the evidence suggests that if you park your money in Hamilton Original Artworks and some of these limited editions, but specifically Original Artwork in the next five or 10 years, you're expected to do very, very well. I hope I've shed some light on uh, a little bit what's going on out there. This is not the perfect podcast, I know. This is not the perfect 
episode I've ever done, but I'm trying to collect all this data. There's so much information out there. Things are moving very, very quickly. There's a lot of panic, a lot of uncertainty, but putting it all to one side and just remaining calm. And remember, life is not rehearsal. You've got one shot at this, and this is about you know, doing what you can with the resources you've got look at certain markets this is the market that we are a part of and we've got a lot of experience in i feel there's a lot of opportunity for many of you to take advantage of please get in contact hit me up on social media contact woodbury house you can come down to the studio uh, you can uh, contact us via email um, we're going to do plenty of shows we've got a nightlife show coming up which is going to be very exciting we have a photographer coming over called Frank Palela, who documented the work of, of Hambleton. Yeah, it's going to be a very exciting year for Woodbury House, for the art market, and I feel Richard Hambleton is, is, is really going to boom. Guys, be happy, never content, and thank you for subscribing and listening. <laughs>